This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. Do you know we're less than two weeks away from the NBA opening night? Wow. Less than two weeks away. Cannot wait for that. Uh, Draymond Green is already in midseason fighting form. We're going to discuss that and more with my friend Kanata Edwards, CBSSports.com. You can find him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Before we get to the NBA, my friend, um, can I say I told you so? Can I say I told you so? I did, we're going is, there. Is that you're going to start? You're going to start because you, uh, as a defeatist Mets fan, yes, saw the demise exactly ahead of I. I also saw it out there, but I did not verbalize it. But I, it, it's okay. They're not as good as the Braves. But I, but we, I tried to tell you that months ago. I tried to warn you. I was in and denial. Here you go with your your optimism, Adam, and you're like, no, nah, it's going to be fine. They're still going to win the division. I didn't no, think they they're going to do. Like this is. Don't get swept like, by the Cubs. Don't get swept by the Cubs. But that's the type of stuff. This is the type of Mets stuff that right. happens. Like Mets stuff and NC State stuff are basically the same <laughs> sort of witchcraft. <laughs> it happens. So, did it make it more painful that the big hit was delivered by Travis Darno? I said this to, uh, yesterday to uh, Grant McCauley, who does radio and a lot of brave stuff in Atlanta. Uh, and I put this on Twitter, and I was I was texting with Elliot Johnson, who's going to be on with me tomorrow, and Doug Glanville. Like, this is what made it even worse, was that yeah. Travis Darno for like five years in a Mets uniform, it, it actually, it seemed like eight, it might have been less than five, uh, delivered like maybe two clutch base hits. And in his career against the Mets, part of that was with the Rays, the rest of it has been with the Braves. In his career against the Mets, he's got a 980 OPS. That's more than 200. It's 240 points higher than his overall OPS. And if you took out the games against the Mets, his career OPS is like 712. It makes me so angry. We need to go find the witch doctor that Ovius found and probably go take a trip to Nusha Stadium. I figure that we may have to do that. All right. We, we just might. All right. Meanwhile, just beat the Padres, and then uh, let's go have some fun and without pressure and take on the Dodgers. Absolutely. All right. Max Scherzer tomorrow, by the way. And it, my, if I had to wager, I would say it's Max Scherzer tomorrow and then Chris Bassett on Saturday, hoping that they can get Jacob DeGrom going game one against the Dodgers. I think they're going to hold DeGrom to Sunday. And Yeah. The, the, yeah. I, I read something. I read something similar to that, but yeah. – the uh, I just can bat because Bassett hasn't looked great. That's he's been thing. he's been fine. They've, none of them have looked great. Yeah, you're talking about not looking great. Jacob Degrom's given up three runs a game like the last five starts, so it's been a mess. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. He gave up three home runs against the Braves. That's why they lost the game. All right, let's get to. Uh, I want before I get to the NBA, I want to uh, want to ask you about. I, I read the story on CBSSports.com uh, and Canada uh, Edwards. Uh, completely uh, down with anything on CBSSports.com, including great podcasts. Um, yes. The potential of the NCAA tournament expanding, 
the transformation committee suggested 25% of the teams eligible in each sport be in the tournament, which would mean a 90-team NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. I don't see it going to 90, but what I do see are play-in games at the top and in the middle of each of the four regions. Have you talked about this with Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander, who do the Ion College Basketball podcast that you work on with them? I have not talked about it with them yet. We probably will bring that up because Mm -hmm. there's a new episode coming out, ironically, tomorrow, live on YouTube on college basketball. You just search that and you'll find us, I promise. The big thing about that for me is I I see why they're trying to go play in games. I see why they're trying to extend the inventory because that's the only moneymaker that Mm -hmm. the NCAA really has. I do wonder if they're going to try to, if this ends up becoming the new Coke product. And you know what I mean by mm-hmm. new Coke. You, you, over, you oversaturate, you try to come up with something new, something that, that, that no one really asked for, that everybody loved the old product. Leave it alone. Leave it at 68. I understand that you want 90 schools that are guaranteed, but at the same time, and this is something that's been brought up before, if everybody can, like, if everybody can reasonably make the tournament, doesn't that make it a lot harder to keep your job as a head coach knowing, oh, you just made the play-in. Oh, you just made the first round, and you got eliminated there. It's going to create such a landmine for coaches, especially in mid-majors and upper upper majors, that are only going to get so far that you're going to have a lot more turnover at the top, and I'm not sure that's going to actually help anybody out when it comes to this. I'm not sure that the uh, the people who make these decisions are going to make them based on what's good for coaches. I mean, coaches can argue True. one way or the other. Uh, I don't think that's going to be a consideration for them. I think the only consideration for them isn't about fair, isn't about, man, there's some good teams left out because, no, there aren't. There are some bad teams allowed in. Uh, not bad, but mediocre teams, mid, as uh, this is the word of the day here, mid teams that are allowed in. I just think that they're looking at this for as a as a money it's a money deal. We need another layer of income coming in, which as I'm thinking about this means that it's probably going to be more than just expanding the first four to call it the early eight, but maybe an entire ra- uh, layer of first round games that maybe they can push onto a streamer onto an Apple, onto an Amazon to or say, Paramount Plus. Or, or a Paramount right, yeah, that would make a lot of sense too to get another layer of dollars coming into the NCAA because as you said at the beginning, hundred percent true, it's the only moneymaker for the NCAA. It, it it is, and that's what worries me about this is that they're trying to make this money and trying to make up from what they don't get from college football. And there's probably a better way to do this. And this is more like, hey, let's start schedule, making sure that the, these games in November, they are the best marquee matchups we can do. We can't have just Baylor versus a D, D2 school or, or very low Division One school. We can't have, like, think about it like this, Adam. We're talking about a, uh, we're talking about a schedule the upcoming where in the first seven days, I think the marquee matchup is Gonzaga versus Michigan State, 
and that's on a ca- aircraft carrier, and that's the only reason we care. <laughs> like, that's what I'm taught. Like, right. start scheduling these games. Start treating this schedule like it actually matters. If we can get time where, okay, the December schedule matters, then conference play matters. And then by the time we're at February, we're talking about down the stretch, conference tournaments upcoming, and March. You don't need to expand the tournament to make college basketball matter more. They actually just have to care. And that's that's 90% of my problem with this, is that the college basketball season, due to the fact that college football makes so much money, mm-hmm. has become an afterthought and has become incredibly niche. Now, granted, I live in this niche, and this niche does pay me very, very well. But at the same time, I would like to see college basketball matter more and use some foresight and not have to go to gimmicks to extend everything. And I think the only thing everyone sees is expansion and expansion unfortunately is a gimmick as well. Uh, two, uh, two quick things about that. And I really want to get to some NBA stuff, but uh, one Kentucky's schedule is great. Kentucky gets it. Yes. Uh, and they're yes. doing the home and home with Gonzaga. They've extended that for, uh, for six years. Most of these games are going to be neutral sites, but they are going to play on, on campus sites. I wish like, I, I don't criticize Duke for their schedule, but I would like to see more uh, from Duke and their schedule. For the most part, there's going to be like seven or eight automatics. And then the rest yeah. of it. And you know, other than the ACC big 10 challenge game, uh, there'll be neutral site games, which I'm not against neutral site games, but there is something to having college basketball games on home floors because the atmosphere is what sells all of college sports. Uh, but again, I just I just think that they're looking at this from uh, it's purely, purely inventory. Let me get to Draymond Green throwing <laughs> hands at Jordan Poole. And I know the Warriors are mad because why are we doing this? It's not even a regular season situation where he's mad at Kevin Durant because he knows Durant's going to leave and they get into an argument uh, that they have to be separated. What the heck happened there? Um, I'm pretty sure this is over money because you got to remember that Draymond's a free agent. Now, granted, he does have a player option. He doesn't necessarily have to exercise it if the market is out there for him, which I kind of doubt there actually is the market right. out there for him. This is also about Jordan Poole starting to feel himself, which I get it. You were the third musketeer. You replaced who was D'Artagnan, Draymond Green. <laughs> Draymond Green, when he starts feeling insecure about his position on the team or in, or feeling insecure about the team, he starts trying to f- fight and throw hands We've seen this before. Hello, Kevin Durant. We've seen all of this before from him. So this is just another piece of the playbook. We know Draymond, I I don't want to use malcontent because it goes a little bit too far. But at the same time, we're talking about a guy that can be kind of iffy. And he kind of is just who he is. And you have to deal with it. And at some point, the Golden State Warriors are going to say no more. And that point might be next season this may be the last run where we see draymond draymond green in a warriors uniform and you know what that's okay uh, i think we see draymond next year on the player option at the very least I, I i have a hard time seeing a separation between draymond and stuff i do but also at the same time i see a guy like john kaminga who has taken mm-hmm. steps forward and who has become really really good i see a guy like james wiseman who has looked phenomenal in the mm-hmm. preseason thus far. Now, granted, it's preseason. 
But you're talking about if you can replace that, if you can find a reasonable measure of replacement, an acceptable measure, and Steph's okay with it because at some point Steph's going to get tired of it too. Like if you get all of that, like I can see him being dealt off and being like, hey, expiring contract, go go and have it. And again, you again, heavily use Draymond, give, give off to the highest bidder. And some team that's going to need the culture boost, a.k.a. maybe the Charlotte Hornets, a team like that is going to need a guy like that that pays attention to the details, can play a little bit, can play a little bit of defense, I'm sorry. and be a grown-up. Uh, yeah. Draymond Green being a grown-up? Semi. Yeah, semi I don't know about compared, that. I, I think... Compared to other teams. Compared to right. other teams, he may be a grown-up to some. All right. Uh, look. I have a hard time unwrapping my mind around Draymond Green in another uniform. I really do. Uh, you, but you know a lot more about these things than I, and I absolutely uh, bow to your expertise on this. Um, are the Lakers, I, Russell Westbrook said, we're, we're just going to go. If I've got the ball, I can go. LeBron, you go. Anthony Davis, you go. Are these people crazy? Uh, it, what is going to be different this year than last year? with the Lakers other than maybe Anthony Davis will be healthy. I wouldn't go that far about Anthony Davis being healthy, but what I would tell you is that they actually like the coach. It's kind of clear. They actually like the coach. And they the message didn't get lost. LeBron likes the coach, feels what he's trying to do, trying to make this a little bit more player-friendly. Outside of that, I can't tell you what's going to be different. This team, if they get – 50 games combined where Anthony Davis and LeBron play together, they're at minimum a playing team. We know that much. If they get less than that, they're going to be in the same spot they are, they're they in now. They were last year. And, oh, yeah, you know who owns their first-round pick this year, right? Who That'd owns- be the New Orleans Pelican. Uh-huh. So, yes. So this may be a spot where Victor Wembenyama – May again, the Lakers may end up winning this Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, and at the same time have to give that to New Orleans, which would be hilarious. And which is what I'm rooting for, quite honestly, at this point. I would not root for Victor Wembanyama, who I've now seen highlights of, and I'm frightened. Uh, <laughs> seven three, fluid athlete with the ball. Are you kidding me? Playing already against men, so I'm not worried about will. Like Chet Holmgren, mm-hmm. will he get broken when he starts playing against men? Uh, Wembenyama is dynamite. So my final thing is about the Pelicans. Is Zion really back? And if he is, are we going look out for New Orleans? I'm not going to go and look out for New Orleans yet. I think the Warriors are better in a seven-game series. I think... Yes. Clippers are sneaky dangerous Mm -hmm. because they're only going to need 50 games from PG and Kawhi and they'll be ready. But after that, it gets kind of dicey. And I I would honestly put, I think New Orleans is a top four team in the West, quite honestly. I think they're, I think they're that good. I think they're going to be incredibly excellent. They're going to be fun to watch as long as Zion's, Zion's healthy and they've done enough to where I'm pretty sure that they don't have to have a healthy Zion to be really, really good, to be top six good in the West. That's how good I – but Zion makes them dangerous. Zion makes them probably Western Conference semifinal dangerous, maybe Western Conference final dangerous. 
that's how good they are. Oh man, I I just want Zion. I want Zion to be healthy, and I want to. I want the world to see it because he is as electrifying an athlete as we've seen in the sport in a long time. Uh, Kanata Edwards, not a describe on Twitter. Uh, we'll be okay. We just got to get past the Padres. I, I don't even believe this. This is setting up for this is setting up for disappointment. I'm telling you now, Adam. Take I'm your bla- you now. take your black cloud and go somewhere, and I'll talk to you later. Absolutely, I'll happily take that. Elsewhere. Gosh, if I didn't, if I didn't love you so much. <laughs> we'd have we'd throw hands. We'd be Draymond and Jordan Poole right now. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. See, <laughs> not Kanata Edwards. Well, I don't need that kind of negativity. I don't. I don't play negativity. This is the Adam Gold Show. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.